Welcome to the Rush Hour. Your daily dose of pop culture and entertainment news for your Rush Hour ride. Work sucks, but your commute doesn't have to. Buckle up and enjoy the drive with your host, stand-up comedian and power recapper, Dave Neal. Hello everybody, it's Dave Neal here and welcome to another episode of Bachelor Rush Hour. Coming to you on Friday morning, January 19th, 2024. I got all your entertainment news in one place, including multiple Bachelor stories and some other shocking entertainment content to get to. Fans are suing Madonna. A kid was bitten in the Bahamas by a shark. I've got maybe Kanye, maybe Sofia Vergara. Who knows where this episode will go. I do appreciate all of your love and support out there. What a wild week we've had. As you guys know, I've driven across the country, landed in Nashville, Tennessee, and today I also, or I should say yesterday, closed on my first home. I didn't know I had to sign my life away. Boy, it's not, it's no joke. They make you sign literally your life away. My life is gone. It is dead. Either way, I'm living and thriving, and I hope you guys are too. Let's jump right into our first story. Monday is the uh, next season of The Bachelor starring Joey, and he's interviewed by Extra TV. Let's have a listen. Man, I think in general this season, it's going to be really great to get to see these girls' stories. I think that there is an amazing group of women that come from different walks of life, just have a lot to share about themselves. They open up, they're honest, they're sweet, and I just think there's a lot of great things to learn about these girls that come on this season. Generic response. Um, I'm sure you can relate because obviously you were on their side once before, and you were the one who was opening up. Mm -hmm. People loved your vulnerability. They loved how open you were. Did that kind of hurt you though? Like, I mean, did you recover from how charity season turned out um let me i'm gonna answer this one for joey if you don't mind i'll interrupt here um he dated 25 beautiful women uh he recovered okay and by the way i'm not saying he was never into charity but you know i kind of feel like he was coached well for this he knew what his job was he knew dotton was gonna win and he won over everyone's sympathy and now he gets to uh, date a bunch of women who are gonna you know uh likely do some sort of objectifying thing maybe we'll get joey taking a shirtless shower or maybe shirtless while he plays tennis or shirtless while he ties his shoes or shirtless while he does his taxes. All I know is we're going to see him shirtless. That's how the show goes. Or were you more reserved because of it? Yeah, I wouldn't say I was hurt. I think for me, it was one of those things that I did everything I could. Uh, I opened up to a person that was worth opening up to. I, I felt like I was able to share things about myself and, and feel comfortable. She gave that safe space, and I tried to do the same thing. I have no regrets for anything I shared, no regrets for being... He's like, it was a safe space to make out on camera, you know. Vulnerable and being honest with my feelings. I think that's what's most important, and, uh, you know, things move on, time goes. I'm very happy for her and dying, and it's now focusing on me and trying to give people the same ability to feel comfortable with me in that same setting. So well, I get. I think that we will feel comfortable with you, Joey. Of course, tennis pro from, I believe, Pennsylvania. Is he a Philly guy? Either way, he lived in Hawaii, and he uh, he knows how to hit balls on the court. That's what he does, and boy, I don't, I don't think the ladies care what he does. He's a good-looking dude, and they're going to be fighting for him and for America's attention as the show goes. So we'll cover Joey Moore as we prepare for Monday's premiere episode. As you know, I've moved. Uh, well, I, I guess technically I haven't moved. Saturday, tomorrow is supposed to be my move-in day for my new place. But here's what's crazy. The people that sold us the home are moving into a farm. The people that sold them the farm 
uh, you know, there's a there's a sick five, six inches of snow came into Nashville. The movers can't get onto the property. So they're having a hard time moving out. And I'm like, um, I'm sorry for you guys, but I have a show I need to live stream on Monday. So could I please move into the home I just bought? I signed my life away for this home so I could live stream. And by the way, I've been told by the realtors that I have excellent internet. You will never see me, nary see me complain about the fiber optic internet that I'm going to have. I'm going to be streaming in 4K. You're going to finally see what a 38-year-old male looks like. Now, I've been streaming in 320p. I look like I'm 17. You can't even tell the difference. Once this high def comes in, you're going to see old crow's feet Dave, and you're going to love it. All right, let's get into another story here. Oh, boy, this is a tough one. A shark attack in the Bahamas. All right. You know, it's not all daiquiris and sunshine. Bahamas shark attack child screams in chilling footage. They say, get him out of the water. Chilling video of the shark attack on a child at a Bahamas resort shows 10-year-old boy screaming in pain as his family panics to get him out of the water. He's, he's okay, folks. I think he's okay. TMZ obtained video of the moment a shark in one of the tanks at the Atlantis Bahamas resort on Paradise Island took a bite out of a 10-year-old boy from Maryland. A freak accident that's been absolutely horrifying to hear about. Now, I'm not here to victim blame, but I do wonder, who the hell's letting a 10-year-old boy in a shark tank? I mean, it's one thing to go out swimming in the ocean and you deal with a shark attack, but they're just putting them in tanks. I mean, you're basically feeding the sharks at that point. You know, you might remember when I went to the Maldives and I had a what appeared to be a bull shark. Had to be 12 to 30 feet long. I don't know. It was the size of a school bus. Swim by me and my pregnant wife. I'll I'll tell you this. I already know the rule. You don't go swimming when you're on, you don't go shark swimming when you're on your period, right? That's the rule. I don't mean to be crass here, but I'm pretty sure we're not trying to serve up our wives on a platter for these sharks. Uh, but I don't know about the rule when you're pregnant. I feel like those hormones might send a signal either. I don't know. You know what I mean? So either way, 10 year old sharks are like appetizers or 10 year old uh, boys are like appetizers for these sharks. Uh, you know, this was the second most dangerous place this 10 year old could have been after Epstein island but come on folks let's move it along uh sophia vergara here is in the news she's relist her beverly hills estate discounted by 5.7 million dollars ladies and gentlemen she's essentially giving it away for a cool 13.95 million the seven bedroom abode has been through a few price reductions since going up for sale in 2022 uh sophia vergara doesn't know much about a reduction here but we've reduced the price of her home by uh what six plus million that's a big dip they say but hey, if you have a modern family, maybe you can afford it. You see what I did there? The $5.7 million price drop is undoubtedly an attempt on Sophia's end to get rid of the property, as is the home she once shared with her ex-husband, Joe Mancianello. I got to tell you, I mean, at $13.95 million, they're essentially giving it away. If they dare drop it down to $13.495 million, I'll jump on it. But in the meantime, uh, I'll, I'll see if there's a race to the bottom. All right, I've got Arnold Schwarzenegger in the news. I've also got Clayton Eckerd updates. Yes, that's right. Pretty big updates. We'll have dedicated videos about this today for sure. And then I've got some Madonna news for all of our Madonna friends out there. Uh, Madonna uh, touched, what is it? Touched like a a virgin, touched for the very first time. Uh, You and Clayton both, Madonna. You and Clayton both. We'll be back with more content right after this. 
All right. You know, I should do more shout-outs because I've been getting so many messages from so many folks checking out the show. You guys know we dropped into the top 200 in society and culture. I can't believe it. Absolutely wonderful. The sky is the limit, folks. Big shout-out to comedy friend of mine from Rhode Island, Derek Furtado, and his girlfriend, Kirsten. Do I have that pronounced right? Kirsten? He says they watch all the Bachelor and Bachelorette shows. Hey, look, like I always say, uh, Derek, if your lady's going to make you watch something, it might as well be interesting. And I love it when a la- I love it when a lady will get her guy to watch a show, and he's like, "I'm not watching that stupid show." And then after he's like, "Wait a second, she said no to him after they hooked up." <laughs> it's like you know, and it goes down the line. So appreciate you, Derek. Let me know if you got any hot takes on the season this year. And I also want to give a shout out to Brittany. Brittany Lee out there has a son named Clayton, and um, she sh- sent us a very interesting story here. I want to wish a happy birthday to her son Clayton. It's his uh, it's his birthday today, so everyone say hi, Clayton. She shared this story about an NHL star, Evander Kane, who claims his estranged wife faked a pregnancy. Again, this is from a couple of years ago, but it's going to lead in very nicely to our story today with Clayton Eckert. Have a listen. NHL star Evander Kane and his wife Anna on the middle of a divorce and it just took an unexpected turn. Oh no. So the San Jose Sharks player is accusing his estranged wife of faking a pregnancy. And he even says he saw her belly grow. Beer and sandwiches will do that. Uh, Well, apparently she was pregnant, but she secretly had an abortion back in July, and Evander just found out this month. Now, in court docs, Anna admitted that she was less than forthcoming about the status of her pregnancy, but she denied wearing any kind of prosthetics to make it look like she was pregnant. So now Evander wants Anna to have a mental evaluation to see if she's even fit to care for their nine-year-old daughter. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so Judge Faith, uh, this is a lot to unpack. What do you make of all of it? It's about the lies. Yeah. He's saying that she, he saw her pregnant recently mm-hmm. and that she was still having conversations about the baby that was coming recently and it none of it was true. I can understand why he's upset and then why there's now a mental evaluation coming into play at his request. Yeah, I mean, of course, and this is a few years old here, but I think we can all understand that. It's like, you know, it was his child too, you know? So either way, wild story. Thanks for sharing that. And we bring that up, of course, because we've got uh, Clayton Eckerd's story. Uh, two days ago, the deposition was supposed to happen. And by the way, I started talking about this on my TikTok and Instagram. The only reason I haven't been talking about this is because I'm not good at short form content, right? But you know, they're starting to allow people to make longer videos. It's not just 60 seconds, right? So I'm making more videos there. So if you find it easier to comment on those videos and share with your friends, please help us elevate this story to new audiences. Uh, But of course, Wednesday was supposed to be the deposition of Jane Doe by Clayton Eckerd's law firm. And she no-showed. And I'm going to have all of these documents for you guys on a video today. Case number 5C 2023, notice of non-appearance at deposition pursuant to Rule 57G. Counsel conducting the deposition was notified the day prior to the deposition that petitioner was not going to attend. Petitioner, that's Jane Doe, and her former counsel, the one who dropped her, were previously noticed and agreed to the date of the deposition 
petition on or about December 28th. Notably, when petitioner Jane Doe obtained new counsel, she did not request an extension of time or otherwise indicate she would not be prepared for the deposition. It should also be noted that Jane Doe, through her prior counsel, filed a motion to quash the deposition, which is still pending before the court. Respondent provided his response, that's Clayton Eckerd, no, and was timely filed and no court order restricted this property noticed deposition. Still, petitioner willfully failed to attend. The reasons provided by petitioner's new counsel for not attending the properly the property noticed deposition failed to comport with Rule 57. As a result of petitioner's failure to attend and failure to adequate provide notice of her non-attendance, respondent has incurred attorney's fees and costs, which he is entitled to under Rule 57G. So I guess... I guess Jane Doe's going to have to pay all of their costs. You know, they hire the videographer, they show up with a stenographer, even the muffins they brought, you know, for the for all the, you know, lawyers and people to eat. You know, you got a carbo load. Let me tell I don't know if you know this about depositions. You have to prepare for them like you're running a marathon. You need to carbo load and you get a good bowel movement early in the morning. That's that's how you deal with it. Eat a lot of bananas. The court currently has a motion for sanctions pending. Respondent intends to reference this notice in advance. Okay, so they go on on and on with the legalese. And I'm going to have the exhibits for you. That's right. We've got the emails that were sent between the lawyers, which are always fun because those are always like the polite way they say F you to each other. They're like, your client uh, disrespected my client and we're going to make you pay. So I'll share all of those emails in video form on today's YouTube. I'm telling you right now, this is going to be a video you want to see. It's going to be pretty kooky out there. Well, Jane Doe's side filed a motion for confidentiality and preliminary protective order. I'll tell you this though, I don't think any of her motions that she's ever filed have been sealed. It takes a hell of a lot to get a motion sealed. I think you got to literally be like in a witness protection mob boss scenario for that to happen. But I will read her thoughts on that as well, uh, or at least her lawyer's thoughts. Again, she has a new lawyer. I wonder if he regrets taking the job already. You know, listen, I've taken some jobs for the money that I regret. I mean, I've done some kooky stuff out there. Just last year, I did a corporate stand-up show for uh, a bunch of chiropractors. And let me tell you something, uh, they were all bent out of shape after I and I dealt with them. Now, corporate st- shows stink. The only reason, you know, no one wants to bomb at 10 a.m. You ever bomb with orange juice on your breath? Come on, you take it for the money. Well, this lawyer better get paid because he's dealing with a whole new type of cuckoo nest here, being that Jane Doe, no, the Jane, the Jane no show Doe. That's where calling her faux show the no show doe so anyway we've got some other adjacent content to get to here's an interesting one actually extremely sad i I should probably give a trigger warning here but you can't not talk about these types of things uh that being a faux paternity scandal maybe a possible you know con artist thing happening here multiple men duped not really pregnant this and that well here's somebody who tells a story on her TikTok, her name's Angelique Cruz, of an attempt of fetal abduction. It's wild. Have a listen. Oh, and I am a survivor of attempt of fetal abduction. When I was 17 years old, I got pregnant um, in a small town called Maricopa. I had a friend of mine. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. 
This took place in the same town in Maricopa County, Arizona. I didn't know that. How wild. She introduced me to another girl. And she said, I think that you guys would get along because you're pregnant. She's pregnant. Um, she's new to our town. So let's go ahead and introduce you guys. Everything seemed normal. Everything seemed fine. I got to meet her. It was like the week of Valentine's Day. So like that week, I remember she kept asking me to come to her house. So very specifically, she wanted me to come to her. And by the way, I am in no way implying that Jane Doe would do this. As she has said, she is no longer pregnant. But hey, anything's on the table when you're talking about lies and fraud and desperation. Is there any way that you can come to my house? I'll bake you food. I'll bake you, you know, I'll bake you get, uh, bake you cookies. Like she was trying to bribe me <laughs> into coming over which wasn't very hard because I was pregnant and you know food was great so <laughs> my mom was like well why don't you just invite her here and I was like that is a great idea so a few days went by and it's now February 16th so she came over in the morning somebody dropped her off I don't know who and she came over specifically because she wanted to give me gifts. I wasn't going to be rude and be like, oh, did you bring my gifts? We kind of just left it. The gifts actually didn't get brought up until like a lot later. Things did start to get weird later on. From what I remember, we were watching 16 and Pregnant with my mom. Our water were to break. We were to go straight into labor. Like these were conversations that got brought up with my mom. And she brought up a C-section. She goes, oh my gosh, like what would happen if like we had to have like a C-section? What would happen? And she started really going into the discussion of the C-section. She was like, well, what do they do when you have a C-section? My mom had had a C-section with my brother. So she was able to give like specific details was very much wanting that specific detail. She stood up and asked my mom to show her where they cut for a C-section. So in a way, my mom didn't know that she was actually feeding information to her without actually knowing that that was happening. She called me lazy and wanted me to go to the park with her. And I did not want to go to the park, but this was a, something that she kept on asking me to do over and over. It wasn't like she was like, oh, let's go to the park. She would just like every hour and a half or so, she'd be like, oh, it's so beautiful outside. Like we should go for a walk. Like, are you sure you don't want to go to the park? And I would tell her, no, I don't want to. Like I'm nine months pregnant. So my question as I listen to this, and I wasn't prepared to share this full three minute clip, but it's fascinating. My question would be how, I mean, wouldn't you know you were going to get caught? Like, is, is there an actual, I don't know, this just seems like implausible to get away with. I don't want to go for a walk. It is hot outside. It had gotten later, probably like around like four-ish or so. My brothers had football practice and my mom was going to take me uh, or my mom was going to take them to football practice. And she asked if we wanted to come. And I thought about it and I was like, all right. So I told her, yeah, let's go. Like, let's, let's just go. I know you wanted to go for a walk. Let's go do it. And she immediately was like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, I I'm not feeling good. Can we just stay here? And I was just like, well, you just like called me lazy. <laughs> We were left alone. That's when everything started to change. Okay, listen, this story's insane. <laughs> I'm going to wrap it all up for you after the break. So the video that I was playing actually ended, so we didn't get the end of the story. But as it turns out, the lady who I was speaking actually said she got uh, she was alone in the bedroom with her friend, and her friend asked her to turn around and count to three. And she actually saw her friend stash something into her bag. And later, um, later in another series of events, they had the cops look into the bag and saw that there was two butcher knives and uh, supplies to care for a newborn in uh, infant. Uh, the lady uh, who 
it was Cassandra, confessed to the police her intention that night was to murder Cruz and attempt a C-section to kidnap her baby. Dude, this is absolutely wild. Guys, I didn't mean to bum you all out. This story is absolutely bananas. Um, again, this stuff happens. You just have to... I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't know how you prevent this other than trust your intuition out there. All right, I'm going to take a hard left turn, if you don't mind, and go into a Madonna story. Madonna sued by two New York City fans for late concert start time. Finally, I am all about people being on time. Finally, make her pay the price. Concert attendees Michael Fellows and Jonathan Haddon are taking the material girl to court for her continued tardiness. Hung up on Madonna's continued tardiness, two fans in New York have filed a lawsuit. In the lawsuit filed Wednesday in Brooklyn and reviewed by Entertainment Weekly, concert attendees Michael and Jonathan accused Madonna, Live Nation, and Barclays Center of unconscionable, un unfair, and or deceptive trade practices for offering tickets to the December 13th celebration tour at Barclays marketed at an 8.30 p.m. start time only for the pop star to take the stage sometime after 10.30. Yeah, I mean, people have to work in the morning. You know what I mean? Her audience are like me. We're, we're elder millennials. We can't be up all night. Get this concert over by 10 p.m. You know, last year for New Year's, my wife and I on the West Coast went to a New Year's party that celebrated the East Coast ball drop. So it was a 9 p.m. ball drop. We were in bed by 9.30. It was fantastic. All right. Either way, uh, the show ended at 1.30. I mean, first of all, how's Madonna even staying up that late is my question. <clears throat> Well, from staying up late to being stood up on a date, here's an interesting story that has been going viral about a lady who explains getting stood up, but it has a very twist at the end. Have a listen. I was just stood up on a date and it was the most humiliating experience ever. Story time, met this guy on a dating app and he immediately asked me out on a date to a specific restaurant. He confirmed day of, I get to the restaurant and see that he's nowhere to be found. So I reach out, no response. I check the app and notice that he unmatched me. At that point, I was a little confused and I was kind of pissed because I was already dressed and I got all the way there. And because I had put in so much effort, I thought I might as well just have a meal while I am in the building. And it wasn't until I got home when I was scrolling Facebook and I saw a very similar story from a girl at that same restaurant who also got stood up. She found out that there are restaurants now posing as people on dating apps just so you go to their business and once you get stood up, they know that probably nine times out of ten that you're going <clears> to <throat> buy something from them. All right, I'm calling, I'm calling bullshit on the story. I call bullshit on this story. I was telling this to my wife, and she's like, no, it happens. And I'm like, imagine. Imagine the liability and how much time it would take a restaurant to uh, you know, farm a, a fake identity and get you caught up and contact you back and forth. All so that, what, you can, they can make 30 bucks? The food costs 20 bucks. They profit 10? No. I don't buy it. I don't buy And She also doesn't share what restaurant it was. And then she's randomly scrolling Facebook. No, I'm sorry. I just, I don't believe it. It doesn't, um, it, yeah, someone said the time involved versus a $40 meal isn't worth it. Yeah, it's, and also the reputation of the business to do something like that. Um, I don't know. I'm not, I, you know, I know times can be tough for business owners, but I don't think there's any, you know, chef in the back pretending to be somebody else. Yeah, I, I will say 
say this, the uh, the length that women will go to to re- to think that they weren't actually just getting rejected. <laughs> hey ladies, okay, I'm just I'm just playing around here, but hey, maybe it just wasn't that in you. I know. No, look, maybe she's not maybe she's not lying, but my spidey senses are saying this story seems a little fishy. All right, well, speaking of fishy, I got uh, a sea of content to get to today. Oh, but what are we even talking about? I got so much going on. I'm going to have the Clayton documents. I've also got Blake Horseman on Rose Noir. We'll cover that story. He talks about his time on Bachelor in Paradise. I hope everyone has a fantastic day today. I'll see you over on YouTube. And if you want to get some behind the scenes content, I'll be live a little bit longer today now that I'm hanging out at my hotel waiting to move into my new home. Uh, But you can catch me over there on Patreon at patreon.com slash Dave Neal. So much to get into today. We are going to end this week off on a high note. We'll see you then. Don't forget this afternoon's rush hour. Going to finish off with whatever news we didn't get to today. So I appreciate everybody checking in. It looks like we'll have a driving with Dave over the weekend. I did a solo episode, kind of uh, trying to be a little bit of a self-help guru, trying to help you all reach for your dreams, folks. That's what we're trying to do. All right. In the meantime, I'll be here cranking out content as always. Have a fantastic Friday. We'll catch you on the flip side. I'm Dave Neal. This is Bachelor Rush Hour. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you didn't, don't. Join the free Facebook group, Dave Neal's Community. Got cash? Become a premium member at patreon.com slash Dave Neal. Link in the description below. And don't forget to follow Dave on Instagram at dneals for upcoming stand-up shows. See you tomorrow on The Rush. Come <laughs> on.